Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm. Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the basketball postseason and the ACC lacrosse championship. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson. Chris, thanks so much for coming back on the program. Oh, anytime, Wes. It was a... You know, quite a season, quite a run Syracuse had. And Chris, I want to get you started on this one. As you just said, Syracuse's improbable run to the Final Four is now in the rearview mirror. Malachi Richardson has declared for the NBA draft but has not signed with an agent. How likely is it that he returns for his sophomore season? You know, Malachi's been pretty uh, tight-lipped about his plans. You know, Tyler Lydon's kind of come out and said, you know, I'm coming back. And and Malachi's been more... um, uh, I guess close to the best. Uh, you know, my inclination is that any kid that's not going to go in the first round or early in the second round um, is probably going to come back, especially when there's a chance that they might not, you know, be drafted. Um, so, so I'd lean towards Malachi Richardson coming back once he gets through this whole testing of the waters process. Um, the rule, new rule changes are really perfect for a guy like him who who might be reading certain mock drafts that have him going in the first round and might have that in his head um, and wants to see how it all plays out. Um, So my guess is at the end of the day, uh, he will be back in a Syracuse uniform next year. But it really does depend to some degree on how he performs in the NBA Combine, uh, how he performs in the workout with uh, whatever team he decides to go to, and how how that all plays out. And, And also, you know, how he foresees himself getting better. Um, I do think we as fans and, and journalists, you know, kind of look at the draft as, as the end-all and be-all. Um, but when you break it down, you know, even if he goes in the D-League, if he goes pro next year, that gives him every second of every day to focus on being a professional basketball player. Where if he's in college, you know, there's limitations on how much work he can do with coaches. Um, he's got to do the schoolwork. He's got to go to tutoring sessions. He's got to do all that stuff. Uh, and I, I think guys are kind of changing the way they look at how to develop because of that. So I would caution against, you know, kind of the, the typical reaction we have when a guy we ex- leaves and we expect him to go low in the draft. There's more than one way to kind of develop in the NBA nowadays. And Malachi Richardson has every right to decide what's best for him. Chris, with Richardson potentially gone and Caleb Joseph on his way to Crichton, how important is it for Syracuse to land a graduate transfer like Grant Mullins to play alongside Tyus Battle and Franklin Howard in what could be a very inexperienced backcourt? Yeah, you certainly figure they need one more guard uh, in the mix. I mean, you know, Frank Howard showed flashes. I think we all like him a lot. Um, you know, Tyus Battle is going to come in and either start or play big minutes right away. Um, 
you know, but if Malachi doesn't come back, they don't have really any depth there. And, and you'd like to have a fourth guy just in case somebody gets hurt, uh, you know, just in case some, you know, just in case Battle isn't quite as ready as you think he'd be, or Howard doesn't take a step forward. Um, yeah, I think you know, I don't know if it'll be Mullins or, or somebody else, but but I expect Syracuse to find somebody. Uh, to come in and play some guard next year, uh, especially one, you know, I, I do think a lot of this kind of hinges on uh, when Malachi makes his decision and what decision he makes, because obviously all these grad transfers are looking to play right away, um, so I do think you're going to see this thing linger kind of well into the summer when guys are making their uh, NBA decisions. Chris, talk to me about the big man side now. Syracuse is losing Chino Oboko after he declared he would be transferring. The Orange is involved with Torian Thompson, and they're actively recruiting Chickna Demble. Where do the Orange stand with these two, and is there anyone else on the horizon? You know, I, I, I do think that they land that they end up landing one of those guys. Um, there's playing time to be had uh, in a year or so in the Syracuse front court. Uh, you know, Torian Thompson, uh, I know that he has a really, really strong relationship with his mother. Um, she wants him to be close to home. Uh, which is why Seton Hall is, is kind of there with Syracuse. Syracuse really isn't that far for him, and, and it's, it's the better program, the one developing pros on an annual basis. It, it's a better league. Um, so, I mean, maybe it's just, you know, I'm in Syracuse, and I think Syracuse has a great program, and, and the assistant coaches here do a wonderful job developing guys. But I've got to think that, that Torian Thompson kind of comes to uh, and his parents kind of come come to grips with the fact that Syracuse it, it offers the best combination of immediate playing time um, or very, at least very quick playing time and being close to home. Uh, you know, there's, there's also the thought that he was really after this Kansas offer, um, but, but he's not like their number one guy. So he's going to go in there and he's going to have to battle for playing time. Where at Syracuse, he's going to get it. Um, so I, I would guess that's how things shake out. Uh, yeah, obviously, Syracuse is in the mix for, uh, for a bunch of front court guys right now. Chris, we'll get you out of here on this one. One of Syracuse's biggest problems last year was rebounding and protecting the interior. How ready is Pascal Chiku to contribute next season? You know, he's going to be really, really fascinating to watch. Uh, I think he is, um, at, least in a, at least in a somewhat limited role. Um, he does not have a lot of offense right now. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy who uh, can throw him a lob and, and he'll dunk it. And if he's wide open under the hoop and you get it to him, he'll dunk it. Um, I, I think the big difference he makes, which you talked about a little bit, is rebounding. Um, and the bigger difference is just altering shots um, inside. You know, you, you had heard Jim Beheim at point this year kind of bemoan the fact that they didn't have a guy that made uh, – players think or, or adjust their shots as they were driving. And if nothing else, he is that. Uh, and, and he creates an incredible change of pace uh, on the defensive end when you bring him in for day one. He's kind of the complete opposite type of center and, and body type. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of people see, see the height and they haven't seen him and they project him at, at, at the starting center or better than Coleman. I, I don't know that I would go quite that far but I think he's ready to be a very, very nice complimentary piece and a very, very nice change of pace for Syracuse. 
Syracuse right now. Um, you know, and his uh, offensive liabilities, we saw, you know, the small lineup with Tyler Light at, at the center spot. Syracuse doesn't want to do that too often, but if they need offense, they can go to that. Um, so, so I think, you know, I think he's ready to play, and I think he just can have a lot of options the next Chris, thanks so much again for coming on. Again, Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com. Great job as always, and we'll speak with you soon. Thanks so much, Wes. Always good to hear from you. Great stuff from our friend Chris, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse will be the number four seed in the ACC tournament, playing top seed in North Carolina on Friday night in Kennesaw, Georgia, Orange beat UNC 13-7 to close ACC play. How do you see this game playing out? It's going to be interesting, Wes, because Syracuse is going to come into this game with a nine-day gap of playing since they beat Binghamton uh, earlier last week. So it's going to be interesting in that regard to see if Syracuse is still a little bit slow from that time off. And, of course, North Carolina will be coming into the game with a ton of momentum for the very stirring fourth-quarter comeback in beating Notre Dame uh, to claim the number one seed in the ACC tournament. I certainly think this is going to be a much closer game than it was in the Carrier Dome when Syracuse played perhaps its best game of the year, winning 13-7. to I see a close game right down to the fourth quarter or even overtime, and I'll say maybe the Orange can squeeze one out again, but it's going to be really close. And Brad, North Carolina got the top seed by, as you mentioned, scoring seven unanswered goals to defeat number one Notre Dame, 17 of 15 in Chapel Hill over the weekend. The Orange really struggled against the Irish in this game against them earlier in the year. In the postseason, I guess it's all about matchups, right? Well, I think it's all about matchups on the field, certainly, but the extra element is the mental aspect. I know that Notre Dame coach Kevin Corrigan bemoaned the fact that his team did not play a strong game mentally in executing some of the basic elements of Notre Dame's game plan in the loss to Notre Dame. So this season in college lacrosse, there's been so much parity. I mean, Notre Dame was number one going into that game for the ACC tournament, and North Carolina was number 13. So look at the close... Uh, distance between those two teams in the game and then the longer distance in the polls between 1 and 13. I really think it's going to come down to how Syracuse, I think the momentum is really playing into the Orange's favor as they go late into the season. Remember just about a month ago, everybody was wondering if Syracuse might not even make the NCAA tournament. So I think they're playing with a lot of momentum. I think the mental game, I think John Desco will have this team ready. The other aspect of this tournament, Wes, that I'm still scratching my head about is the site, Kennesaw, Georgia, suburban Atlanta. Syracuse faces off with North Carolina at 6 o'clock on a Friday with that famous Atlanta traffic. How many people are even going to be at the game? Will it have the atmosphere of a postseason game? So that's another element that I really wonder that plays into it, even though Syracuse is familiar having played the last two years at this field outside of Atlanta. Brad, Syracuse is 8-4 and four overall and 2-2 two and two in the ACC. Is this about what you expected from this team and what really has been a rebuilding year? It pretty much is. You know, the best win beside North Carolina at this point is the win over Albany in the second game of the season, 16-7. to seven. Albany's really playing well. Uh, they just knocked off Yale this past weekend. So I, I think it is pretty much what I expected, probably not the overtime loss at Cornell, 
and maybe one of the two other overtime losses against Johns Hopkins and Duke, probably the Duke game, they should have won, but pretty much on, and I do see the team playing much better now, which I think was the M.O. for Coach Desco in getting his team to really play its best lacrosse as we approach May. And Brad, I'll ask you this. Give me your predictions for the ACC tournament. I'm going to give Syracuse the edge, very close edge, to beat North Carolina in Friday's semifinals and then face Notre Dame in Sunday's championship game. And I'm going to say this is going to be an overtime game with the Irish pulling it out, but Syracuse will be in still great, great shape. One final tune-up game with Colgate before they'll host an NCAA first-round playoff game at the Dome. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. What kind of roster will we see for the Syracuse basketball team next year, Wes? Because, of course, Malachi Richardson will have a decision to make before May 25th as to whether or not he's going to stay in the NBA draft or come back to Syracuse. And will the Orange find one more player uh, to offer a scholarship for next season? So really curious and interested to see how the final roster will shape up for the Orange basketball team with the incoming recruits Moyer and Battle for next season. Brad, my closing thoughts are on the women's lacrosse team opening as the number two seed in the ACC tournament this Thursday against Boston College. Syracuse was 14-4 and overall and 5-2 and in the ACC, so just wishing them the best of luck. And we're wishing both lacrosse teams a way to cap off what's been just an unbelievable Syracuse sports season since last fall, Wes. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that if you're a battery, you're either working or you're dead. It's a hard life. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.